and welcome to the Corning Turner Podcast. So before I start and introduce my guest today, I just want to remind you all that we did update the website. So there are all sorts of ways that you can support me, support my work, support the production. And uh, you can, of course, go to links below. Uh, we have all of it posted there as well. But uh, yeah, we have Element. I've got my Element with me right here. I drew a right here um and so yeah so we have all different health supplements we just uh i think i don't know if we have it here oh yes the crowdsource so this is where you can build your own uh you know news uh aggregate and it's a really great, great way to build kind of like a i don't know what you would call it but it's a news aggregate and you can support each other and have people added to your crowd so go check that out we have a new stack up already on there and then for those of you who are in colder climates uh, this time of year we have your relax the sauna and it's a far infrared sauna and it is awesome because it is pretty portable you can just you know take it out and then zip it up and you your head is out of it so you don't have to you know shower and do your hair and all and makeup for the ladies and all of that afterwards um, and then the RNC, of course, uh, we've done shows with him. He, uh, his, fr his father was best friends with J. Edward Griffin. And that was the man behind the world without cancer book. And I use my, uh, apricot seeds every morning, EMF rocks and honey colony. We've had Miriam on se several times. So, uh, yeah, so you can go through and see all the great, ways that you can support the production here. And if you just want to send a Venmo or send a Give, Send, Go or, uh, you know, my PO box, uh, that works as well. And you can also just like, share and subscribe. All of that is super helpful too. So thank you. And uh, I really appreciate all the support that I've gotten so far. Really, really grateful uh, and the kind words. So we're going to keep going, doing this thing. And for today, we have a fascinating guest. His name is Dr. August Dunning. And he is an awarded NASA scientist. He's written the Phoenix Protocol, which we are going to talk about today. And uh, yeah, so he's an inventor and a researcher, and we will bring him on. How are you doing today, Dr. Dunning? Doing well. Thank you, Courtney. So let's start with what compels you to even research this topic. Uh, how did you discover uh, dry fasting? And, uh, you know, what made you write up this protocol? Well, you know, it's a fascinating story. Because mm. uh, it ties into a lot of things that I had previously done in life, like all this aerospace stuff behind me here. And uh, my partner, Pamela, brought this paper to me that described the Russian form of fasting, which is a dry fast, where you don't drink any water while you fast. And, uh, and I, was, I was curious about it. I was intrigued. And uh, at the same time, about three years prior to this, this was back in 2019, I think, that uh, I had had lost my sense of smell for like three years. And it was from being exposed to the solvents and the hot blue, blue pipe cement for PVCs. And I was putting together a factory because I also invented a way to take all the minerals out of the ocean without the salt. It was great in agriculture, made a lot of money on that. But, but that's beside the point. Building out that factory myself, I got exposed to these things and it burned out the epithelial layer in my, 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 my nose. Couldn't smell a thing. And I got to tell you, if you can't smell things, taste is completely off, right? Right. So I was pretty pretty frustrated with all these doctors and all this stuff, and uh, nothing worked. And uh, and Pam said, "Well, just why don't you just try a dry fast? Why not? I mean, all these other people do it." 
And I said, okay, fine. So actually, I didn't do what I promote now, which is a soft dry fast where you can actually take a shower and that kind of stuff. I did this Russian thing where you don't shower, you don't brush your teeth, you do none of that stuff, no water, it all touches the body. And uh, and as it turns out later, washing actually helps your lymphatic system flush toxins out. So washing is great Um, without swallowing water. And I did a seven-day dry fast, hard dry fast. And I was amazed. I wasn't hungry. I wasn't thirsty. I had plenty of energy. I went through these, you know, ketotic states, deep ketosis. But in three days, I got my sense of smell back. And I went, okay, that's interesting. What's that about? And I also also had a nagging bladder infection where my urine smelled like burnt bacon or burnt popcorn, buttered popcorn. And the doctors couldn't get rid of it. I went four or five doctors and nothing. And that was gone. And I'm like, okay, there's something to this. So then I started, you know, really researching the, the, the human body more. You know, I was yeah. friends with Dr. Bryant, who was a, the head surgeon for all the uh, Mercury, Apollo, and Gemini mm-hmm. flights. And uh, I met and talked to him a lot about astronaut health and that sort of stuff. Put that in the side for a second. And, okay. and then I heard that, Mar, you know, Musk is going to Mars. So I started going, <laughs> right. maybe I can apply this to astronaut health because I was giving presentations at the Suspicious Observers Conferences back about the same time. And the radiation environment outside of our magnetic field is so intense, you're not going to get living astronauts to Mars. They're mm-hmm. going to have so many cancers and broken DNA and all that kind of stuff that right. you're going to end up with a spaceship full of dead astronauts, you know, around Mars, <laughs> which is not good. So, I, I, but then I started researching this stuff by, uh, um, by these Russian doctors and I found out that this stuff repaired genetic damage from Chernobyl. It did all this cool stuff. And uh, so I started writing about it and reading about it. And, and I thought, you know, I better, I better write this up. And, uh, if, you know, because I like to write. I'm on my third mm-hmm. book right now. And uh, it's how I, I, I learn by doing. Okay. So right. researching and finding this stuff out. So I started doing this stuff. And then I, and I realized that, okay, there's really something to this. And it turns out that what dry fasting is, is just an extended sleep period. Do you eat or drink when you sleep? Right. No. No. <laughs> and the reason you heal during sleep is because your body goes into a state of autophagy, which is where it's mm-hmm. cellular maintenance. It's like the cleaning crew. The cleaning crew comes in, everybody right. leaves the building, and as soon as you start eating, they leave the building. So it's this right. period of not eating and not drinking that does all this good. So from my own personal experience and my own history with NASA and science and all this other stuff, I thought this has profound meaning for what's going on today in the world because mm-hmm. we're constantly absorbing toxins out of this extremely polluted biosphere we live in. Air, okay. food, everything. Um, yeah. And this is amazing. In seven days, you can dump what I did about five or six decades of stored toxins. You can work on diets and exercise and all these pills and all these, you know, protocols and all this stuff. But in seven days, you can get rid of all of it. And you're flushed out. You're better. You feel better. And uh, that's kind of what got me into it is I got a personal experience from doing it myself. And I Mm -hmm. thought, please share this because it's, it's really quite profound. Wow. So how do you know that you were dumping toxins like what was the effects that you that are measurable quantifiable that you could well i cured (laughs) here's what happened 
Okay. When I got the smell back, I went to the doctor. That's impossible. You couldn't just lose your sense of smell and get it back. Because once those epithelial nerve endings are dead, they're dead. You can't grow back the nerves. Yes, you can. And uh, bacterial infections, all this other stuff. The thing that people don't really realize is that we're exposed to so much parasites in our lives. Yeah. And that a lot of the things that happened to me after I did my first dry fast, it was quite amusing to me because I didn't desire croissants or pastries or breads or all that sugar and stuff because that's what feeds the parasites. That's what they want. And they, they secrete chemical signals that tell your brain to seek certain things to keep them alive. So you're feeding them. And that's why I don't like it. But the thing is about parasites, they can't make their own endogenous water, which means we can. When we go into a dry fast, not a water fast, but a dry fast, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, after two days, you run out of your sugars, your glycogen, mm-hmm. and then you flip over to into ketosis, into cleaving your uh, triglycerides in your adipose tissue for free fatty acids and glycerol. The glycerol goes to the liver to make plasma glucose that keeps your brain and blood alive. The the, uh, free fatty acids go to the mitochondria in 37 trillion cells, okay, and make ATP for energy, but also water. I mean, 110 grams of fat or 100 100 grams of, uh, of adipose tissue makes 110 grams of water. Okay, that's why I kept urinating. I kept urinating about a quart of, of uh, urine every day on the dry fast without drinking any water. So I had to come from somewhere. But that's right. a really interesting thing because the, paras- the the parasites can't make their endogenous water. You're feeding them food and you're hydrating them with the water you drink. So when you do a water fast, you're feeding your parasites. You're not really getting rid of them. And yeah. you're also doing something that's really important not to do. When you don't use your fat for fuel, your body goes into starvation and starts dissolving your muscle tissue for ketogenic mm-hmm. amino acids to keep you alive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's you're tearing yourself up. You're losing muscle mass. You're mm-hmm. not really losing fat. And when you gain weight back, you gain fat back. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's I, I really am not for water fasting. So the thing that's really cool about it, though, is after this happened, I noticed that I thought clearer and thought, you know, really lucid. And I'm thinking, okay, I've got parasites out. I've got toxins out. I've got all these metals out that mess up your nervous system. And uh, and that's basically the effects that everybody seems to experience. On my YouTube channel, Phoenix Protocol on YouTube, the, uh, the read the comments. I mean, it's amazing. We've, you know, we've been able to help people use this method to cure all kinds of medical conditions because it was developed in Russia as a way to fix medical problems that couldn't be fixed by typical allopathic methods. Hmm. But they got on a dry fast because of what it does by detoxifying yourself. And David Wolf said detoxification is more important than nutrition. I agree mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it detoxifies you. It gets rid of parasites. It gets rid of all these invaders. It cleans up all the cells and all the, and here's the problem with sleep. You know, we sleep for about six to eight hours. But it takes eight to 10 hours to turn on this phase called chaperone-mediated autophagy. And in this particular time, this autophagy allows you to um, take these big folded proteins that are in your, in your cytosol and break them down into smaller bits and chew them back up into lysosomes to uh, make amino acids, which you make new cells with. So that's kind mm-hmm. of the Phoenix protocol. It's like the Phoenix bird that is born mm-hmm. from its ashes. 
Well, you create these ashes, not the lysosomes, you rebuild your cells. So you end up cleaning yourself out, you end up thinking clearer, you end up hearing a lot of problems, a diverse amount of problems. I mean, I've heard people get rid of all kinds of situations, and it, mm. it's intriguing to me because I think it may have a lot of application in the current situation where a lot of sure. people are having these things put inside them and sure. having a lot of very bad things happen downstream that if you just drive fast, you get rid of all that stuff. You get rid of all these little genetic segments, all these little manufacturing genetic segments. You get rid of all the adjutants and ingredients and all this stuff that keeps getting put into your fat cells. Right. Because you're not in autophagy long enough to get rid of it. Right. So, you know, I, I think it has a lot of application there in particular. Well, I want to hear more about that. But before we do, I, I can just hear people probably curious because we've been told that you can't go more than three days without water. You're going to die. Right. No. Um, that, that's uh, I think a lot of people have heard that. So can you explain how is it that you you yourself have done seven days with no water? Uh, I've done five, I've done five of these fasts so far. And okay. and every time I do it, I, I urinate about a quart of water every day, regardless of what day I'm in, because mm -hmm. you're. It's making its own water in your mitochondria. And this, your mitochondria make energy, ATP, and mm -hmm. a byproduct of that is water. So okay. you're making cells of water in the inside the cell where you're trying to get water into your cells where it's being made okay. inside your cell. But that's really interesting because it makes a positive pressure inside the cell, which helps mm -hmm. flush the cell out into the, into the extracellular matrix that goes into the lymphatic system that leaves mm -hmm. the body flushing all your toxins now that's right. why i do a wet or a soft dry fast now because when you when you shower you know not hours and hours just take a shower to clean up but a lot of you have like 10 or 12 different channels in your fascial matrix this stuff that holds everything together you know I'm not sure it's yeah that sponge you live inside of um yeah it, it'll absorb water and move it through the lymphatic system it's not going into the gi tract so it doesn't stimulate the the digestive function, so you're not turning on any of that stuff. So it doesn't affect the fast. Mm -hmm. And uh, my my feeling is seven days is probably adequate. You know, the, the Russians do up to 11 days and have cured fourth, fourth phase cancer and stuff like that. I mean, they've done amazing things. Cysts dissolve, you know, in a dry fast. Mm -hmm. But, wow. you know, they're using it for medical therapy. So it's, it's something right. to respect. I mean, it's not some easy, oh, I just not drink, not eat, blah, 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 no. You've got to go into it properly. You've got to conduct it properly, and you got to mm -hmm. get out of it properly. In fact, most of the doctors, like Shishenikov and Filonov, all say getting out of the fast, how you do it, how you exit it, is way more important than how you go into it, because you've got to mm -hmm. replenish your electrolytes, you have to replenish the nutrients, you have to replenish, you know, all sorts of things to kick these systems back in. And you have to do it gently because during this time period, around day two or three, your stem cells turn on. You do mm -hmm. a full endogenous stem cell regeneration inside your own body because protein kinase A, which is a, uh, an enzyme used in the digestion, is no longer there because you're not digesting mm -hmm. anything. When that right. turns off, that's a switch to turn all your cell, stem cells on. You know, all mm -hmm. 200 niches all over the body so the body has a, a rejuvenation inside out. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm 72 and I mm -hmm. go, I'm still now. And I can paddle out. I didn't feel this good five years ago before I started. So it's like right. I, I can feel this has a very positive effect. And when you add the second book, Neogenesis, with the, which is the exercise trick, mm -hmm. which is 
you know, there was this guy called uh, Ray and Mike Metzler back in the 70s and 80s. And they invented mm -hmm. heavy duty. What they found was if you lift weight, barely mm -hmm. weight, you can barely lift, or if someone mm -hmm. will help you lift the weight and then you hold it and then drop it slowly, mm -hmm. that triggers the muscles to build bone and to build mm -hmm. muscle. Yep. Three minutes, and three tendons. Minutes, tendons. Three minutes of exercise. Mm -hmm. That's all to do. Three minutes on a body part, and that's it. Three minutes of actual lifting. You may be in the gym for 15 minutes between your sets, but mm -hmm. only three minutes of actual lifting weight. And you're and I grew biceps back and all this stuff, and it wow. really happens fast. But the most important thing is when you do this, it releases a hormone called osteocalcin. Osteocalcin is extreme. There is. Osteocalcin is extremely important for overall body health. I mean, mm -hmm. from the thyroid to the gonads, mm -hmm. everything, brain, especially the hippocampus for memory. So mm -hmm. I just can't say enough good things about it. And so I wrote a book so other people can read it and use it themselves. I don't cure anything. I just give you the information you can do it yourself. <laughs> you know, it's, and, that's, and I got to tell you, since it costs about 25000 to get a stem cell injection out of the country, yeah, that's savings, you know? That's pretty, pretty big uh, price tag, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, and so it's invasive, right? You're not, you're not working with your own body cells, so you're now injecting something that's foreign. Uh, which, yeah, you know, so uh, some people have great results, but there's always a risk when you're, you know, injecting a foreign substance, and especially today when we don't know what's going on with those and what other adjuvants there might be as well. well. Let's, let's talk about this for a second, as far as the mm -hmm. stem cell injection things. If you're extracting your own stem cells out of, say, bone marrow yeah. and growing them, okay, there's a hemopathetic stem cells. They only do a certain amount of repair work. They're not, mm -hmm. They don't do the same repair all over the body in certain areas, okay? But they are very useful for bringing back knees and elbows and all that kind of mm -hmm. sports. That's Joints, fine. yeah. The problem is, is the stem cells that are harvested from random umbilical cord stem cell harvesting, okay? Yeah. Um, you don't know what genetic background that person is. If they make a bunch of, you know, chemicals that you're not designed to use properly, I mean, there's, I see there's real issues with that in my mind. If you can mm -hmm. just use your own, which is a perfect genetic match, I mean, that's just, it's just a wiser way to go. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. Absolutely. And especially today when we just don't know, you know, you don't know the background of uh, not just genetic background, but lifestyle, uh, what kinds of substances they may have taken or injected or, yeah. yeah. So, and we don't, we don't have enough uh, time to know the, uh, impact of that no and it's i think it's too high a risk to take i mean i went down to mexico mm -hmm. got, got mm -hmm. one of these things didn't do anything okay. and it was like this was kind of a waste of money yeah Time as, soon money. As, as soon as i did a dry fast in three days i had my sense of smell back i didn't have my from mexico so you know wow. So when you're doing this uh, dry fast, so firstly, why is it that they say you can only survive three days without water? Well, where did that because, come from? Well, it's the same thing as saying you should you should limit your salt. No, okay. you shouldn't. <laughs> the salt helps you. Um, uh, it actually helps you deal with your estrogen. Okay, we, men and women make it, but also what salt does is it supplies the the cells. Uh, it it, it uh, 
makes the, the, the cell wall linings of the vascular system shrink back. Mm-hmm. You put all this stuff back in the bloodstream and you get better right. blood. Flow. If you have better blood flow, you get better oxygen to the cells, you get all this good stuff. So you need more salt. And your kidneys yeah. will, will your kidneys will naturally determine what you need of your salt. They'll get it out mm-hmm. or keep it. If you reduce your salt, that really stresses the kidneys. So we've told that was the wrong thing. They've been telling us that margarine is so much better than butter, but these are polyunsaturated fatty acids, and these are very damaging to cells, especially cell walls, because the fatty acids are used to make your membranes for your cells. So you have these broken fatty acids with a ragged cell membrane, and that's extremely difficult for the mitochondria then to do the differential in protons in the the ATP process, because Mm -hmm. it's going to protons going through the fourth stage to turn the wheel to make the ADP. And if mm-hmm. you've got if it's leaking, it does it can't operate correctly. Right. And you heard of a uh, doctor called Ray Pete. Are you familiar with Ray's work? No. It's, it's, it's something you can look into. Ray Pete is a bioenergetic physician that passed a few years back, but he yeah. made the association of mitochondrial health with energy production and compared it to a building that doesn't get enough electricity. So you're going to have to turn some of those rooms off. Okay. So, if, but if you have plenty of energy, plenty of ATP, then you're able to keep more of the systems running. Everything's working optimally. And it's really important because people don't know this. We see this Disneyland view of, uh, of a two or three mitochondria. No, there's like 500 in a skin cell, 25,000 in a kidney cell, 500,000 in a female egg cell, uh, 2 million. In the in the uh, the reason of your brain that makes your dopamine, uh-huh. so you need to keep those things energetic, or it just doesn't work right. So, right. so my feeling is is there's a way to eat now that uh, it, I, it's kind of like a hybrid. But you know, I talk about the neogenesis. You know, we're we're really successful at surviving for four million years. You know, through anyway. glaciers and. The impacts and micronova and all this stuff. I don't know if you know about the micronova thing, but in about 20 years, we're going to, our sun's going to go, okay. No. It did 12,000 years ago, like it did 12,000 years before that. And uh, it will base, there's your great reset. Wait, <laughs> you know? What happened with the micronova? It was, so it was like a, a supernova, but micro size, I guess. Well, yeah, it doesn't destroy the star. It just sheds a bunch of, in fact, we're seeing this now. I've worked with Ben Davidson over suspicious observers on this. And we're seeing a, a huge amount of galactic dust enter the solar system right now. And it's starting okay. to charge up stuff and it's starting to charge up the sun. And there will come a point where the sun just has to rebalance its equilibrium. And uh, it just pops. But that pop knocked out all the mastodons, all the mammoths, all the cave bears, all the big mammals, they're all done in a day. Their bones and broken tree limbs are disarticulated in these huge mishmashes up in the Yukon and Canada and Russia. And there you go. And the, the, whole, the whole thing kind of resets, seriously. Some humans survived, and obviously from the last one, and here we are again, 14,000 years later, which I, I wonder if Atlantis <laughs> had half the problems we're putting on ourselves right now. And it just had to be turned off. It is, okay, time for this nutty thing to end. And now it's time for this one to go. So, but the thing is, I'm 20 years away from that. I'm 72, I'm making 92. I want to be like now, then. Mm-hmm. If I'm right. restoring my stem cells and regenerating my cells, 
and replacing these cells with my stem cells. You got to remember what stem cells are. Stem cells are the remnants of your embryogenesis, and these are pluripotent stem cells. They could be any cell in the body. Mm-hmm. So if you're regenerating your body parts with immortal cells, how long are you going to last? So my feeling is about once a year, 70 dry fast is all you need. One, once a year to regenerate your stem cells and you know, fix tissue and stuff. Any more than that, I think it's a little hard on the body. You can do short dry fasts and get a lot of the extended autophagy, but you don't really get the big benefits from the stem cell thing unless you go to five to seven days. Just That's what I've learned so far. Anyway. Wow. Yeah, yeah, but see, yeah, there's there could be a very big event on the horizon here that everybody just is, is not even cognizant about. You know, the CIA released a book by Chan Thomas called, uh, I think it was a disaster book. You know, the, the, the Eden, the, the Eden tale, the Adam and Eve tale. Right? Right. And that about 12,000 years ago, we had huge ocean translocations and it just broke everything up and it just made a huge mess of things. And, uh, and then it all settled down and boom, then, then you have this civilization start off again. And it goes through almost a typical series of sociological evolution. And, and you end up at these things where people don't know what they're doing, where they're going, but the governments are completely out of control. And, uh, and it's left to you and me and people like us to get the word out, to say, you know what? You don't have to listen to that stuff. There you go. And, right. uh, and you can just, you know, just ignore it. You know, I did a presentation for the observers, one of the second ones I did. And I said, how to solve the big problem? It has this picture of a TV being thrown out the upper solar window, you know, because half the problem is the media that we have. It's not really presenting stuff. But to get to your question, the reason, <laughs> the pe- the reason people think that you can't live if you don't drink water for three days, okay, is because they've been taught that and they regurgitate that. And, they, and you know, and... I'm proof positive, and all the people on my site are proof positive. They just take the time to do one of these things. It's not that tough. I mean, you're a little tired, you know, because you're not making a lot of ATP and stuff, but you're making plenty if you've got good fats, which is another thing we'll talk about. But if you've got good fat content, because you're going to live off your fats, you can go through these things pretty easily. If you're too skinny, I always say put some fat on it because you're going to live on this stuff when it's dry fats. And, uh, but they, but again, physiologically, our bodies are designed with endogenous water. And because of that, you're making plenty of it. And yeah, it's being urinated out all the time. It's you're transforming fat into water and energy. And that's pretty interesting because if you want to lose some weight, I gotta tell you, you'll lose about 18 pounds in seven days on this on this program. Wow. Five to six of it is probably water weight, just from normal body tissues, you know, dealing mm-hmm. with what's going on with the sugar metabolism. When that mm-hmm. runs out, you go into fat and mm-hmm. you start really reducing your fat content. People go in the gym and they exercise for hours and they lift weights and they run the thing and all this jazz and they never lose any weight. And they get all frustrated and quit mm-hmm. because they don't understand how to really lose weight. It's cl- calories in, calories matter, but it is a little caloric mm-hmm. intake. Thing. And mm-hmm. intermittent fasting is great. You can not eat until 10 o'clock in the morning and then stop eating around six at night. And that really helps because that, Eat all your calories during that time period. Don't restrict your calories. Just eat what you should. Mm-hmm. And uh, people, you know, stay a lot healthier that way. But, yeah, the whole thing is bad science, bad medicine. You know, we have these, these bad ideas like, like statins. 
You know, you need oh, cholesterol. Yeah. You need yeah. cholesterol. Cholesterol is inside the the uh, the arteries next to the heart. Why? Mm-hmm. Because the heart's doing this fourteen thousand times a day, and it better have a cushion. And if it doesn't have a cushion, well, I mean, cholesterol is also a uh, toxin export carrier, so uh, it's actually helping to transport and clean out. Uh, toxins in the bloodstream yeah i mean and your brain is largely made up of cholesterol so i mean of yeah course. and the statins yes. cause all sorts of problems so and yeah it makes I, all your hormones. I mean you know cholesterol makes your hormones yep you know, that, that's absolutely true too yeah so, you know for, uh, so to answer your question categorically we're taught not to do the right thing for mm-hmm. a bunch of well, that are making a lot of money on people they've convinced to do the wrong thing, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the way of the world, you know. Mm-hmm. John Wayne said, uh, "Life is hard. It's a lot harder if you're stupid." You know? <laughs> right. You know? And I forget it was Plato or somebody said, "You know, it's better not to be born at all, to be born ignorant and to stay ignorant." You know, you have to pick up the ball yourself, learn this stuff, apply it to yourself, and. Right. Uh, and that's kind of what I've done my whole life. I mean, I've been in so many different disciplines. Um, mm-hmm. My father was a doctor, and mm-hmm. he caught me reading his medical library when I was like, I wasn't, I wasn't at uh, Little League practice. He goes, "Don't you have Little League today?" I don't know what the Little League thing. <laughs> what happened? Well, you know, I was out in center field, and and uh, and I saw the, the the ball hit the bat, and I timed how long it took to to get the sound to kind of to calculate the distance and the ball fell right next to me and they, Hey, pick up the ball. And I said, the coach said, I think you're made for this. <laughs> it's true. And he said, well, okay, you can read this stuff, but uh, I'm going to have to give you the oath. And they go, what oath? Hippocratic oath. So at about eight or nine years old, my dad gave me the Hippocratic oath, which mm-hmm. not to be a, 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 a prescribing pharmaceutical. Right. Physician. Right. But but in the Hippocratic, you know, genre where you right. keep your patients' information private, you don't perform emotions, you don't kill people with stuff, you only use food for fuel or food for for energy and to fix mm-hmm. things and help. And the Hippocrates said, sometimes the best thing to do is nothing. Mm-hmm. That's that's dry fasting, and mm-hmm. it's not hard. And it really cleans you up. You know, I was watching Jordan Peterson the other day, and he said, you know, you should try some fasting sometime. Because what fasting does, when you go into a fast, the first thing it eats is all the dead and damaged and sick cells. Mm-hmm. He's right. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. So, yeah, it's, it's we've been taught so many things that are incorrect. Right. And, you know, we all, there, Earl Nightingale came up with this thing. Most people follow the followers. And it's mm-hmm. like, you don't think for yourself. You know, you you're really at odds with what can happen to you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know the salt that you you were talking about before. Um, It's really interesting. Yeah. Oh, the element. Yeah, that's the salt uh, they put in the water. It's great. But uh, no, with the salt, uh, I've heard some some doctors talking about how uh, high. You know, they've attributed uh, salt intake uh, correlation to high blood pressure. And that it's actually a um, like a hydration issue, and right. the, the irony of that though is then more salt would help you be more hydrated. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. So it actually solves a problem. And then they tell you to do the complete opposite. I'm curious. Yeah. So you can get your element um, below, but I'm curious about uh, the studies that I'm done with this because I know I used to coach uh, athletes and uh, uh, you know, like CrossFit and personal training. And I did some nutrition coaching as well. And what I noticed, you, you brought up intermittent fasting and this is just anecdotal, but now it looks like there are some uh, studies that are, you know, corroborating what I saw just anecdotally is that a lot of men and everybody's different, but you know, a lot of men had great results with it. They felt better. It was just, uh, they yeah. had more energy. Um, the women mostly I saw was a disaster for them. It threw off their hormones. Yeah. It was, yeah, they did not do A lot of them actually ended up gaining weight. It was not like beneficial. Yeah, it's, it's, and I worked with, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of their, I, I, my opinion anyway, a lot of their response is, is due to what they may be eating. They may be eating vegan diets that are extremely mm -hmm. estrogenic. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of these foods, nut oils, seed oils, uh, mm -hmm. uh, vegetable oils, extremely loaded with polyunsaturated fatty acids. Sure. And, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the things that might have been mitigating their res response is they have a lot more estrogen than we do, too. Sure. And, yeah. is, and that the estrogen and the food and the, the things going on in there might have been a, a factor that wasn't t calculated when they started talking about what, it, what why it's not working for women correctly. Mm -hmm. You know, my after I've tried everything, I've tried <laughs> veganism Fruitarian, I've tried you know, carnivore, all this stuff. And then I realized that, well, you know, since we've survived about four million years since Lucy, you know, the, the, <laughs> it, really, it really is the one that kind of determined when we started growing this big cranium. Mm -hmm. And lived off of, because they were too small to kill big game. So we had to go around and scavenge all the carcasses that the big game left. Mm -hmm. And uh, eating bone marrow and, and whatever meat scraps. But okay. that's Bone marrow, it's fat, grows your brain. Right, sure. And so our, our brains got bigger. Then we could invent weapons. Then we could start killing them with our inventions. And we started mm -hmm. eating. But during all of this, we also were eating a lot of tubers, a lot of roots. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's important because Georgie Dinkoff, another great researcher, a friend of mine, has mm -hmm. uh, determined that it is well-cooked starches, not undercooked, like raw mm -hmm. oats, things like that that are really bad because they feed the wrong bacteria in your lower gut. When you get the right well-cooked starches, you end up being mm -hmm. able to feed the right gut bacteria, which makes a lot of free fatty acids, short-chain fatty acids in the lower gut, which actually help the cells in the lower gut stay alive and to produce your mucus layers and the, from the goblet cells. You know, a lot of the inflammatory bowel diseases, those kind of things, is because you have a very, very broken system of providing the mucus layer at the surface of the epithelial wall and mm. it keeps bacteria at bay. And in yeah. that, that mucus layer, your, your, uh, your, uh, uh, the cells can put these little dendritic uh, projections into that and test the chemicals, report back to the nervous system. The nervous system reports to the brain. brain reports back to to the intestinal system. There's a huge mm -hmm. feedback, feedback in there, but it mm -hmm. breaks if you're not producing enough mucus in that, in that to keep the wall protected. And there's two types. There's the crypt mucus, which is a bloom of mucus. There's wall mucus producers, mm -hmm. which use the longer you know, regions that actually really help you. And there's so many foods, we're, so, we're allergic to so many that uh, 
it's hard to say what people should shouldn't eat sometimes because we're eating yeah. such marginal food. But I do know this. I call us an apex omnivore predator. What we do is we eat everything. Mm-hmm. We we can eat everything to survive, and we should eat a little bit of this and that all the time because it probably pings some genetics somewhere, somehow, that is good to have the nutrients in that particular little bit of food. Not a lot of it, you know. Mm-hmm. But my current diet is about, um, it's kind of a modified carnivore, I guess. It's about half red meat with eggs. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. more, more yolks than white, by the way. Uh, right. and coconut oil, which is anti-estrogenic. So if you're going to be on a vegan diet, you better eat a lot of coconut oil because it'll right. really constrain the estrogen content and stimulation. Right. And uh, fruits, potatoes, they use sweet potatoes, um, baked potatoes, uh, mashed potatoes, mm-hmm. all that stuff mm-hmm. to get that old ancient root thing going in. And right. the, the old range of kill thing going in, the fat and the meat thing. And mm-hmm. uh, have a little bread every now and then, but it's not a daily thing. You know, it's, right. like, it's like everything. You have to take some time off from a lot of different things and, sure. uh, and kind of mix your diet up. You right. know, the problem with celiacs is the gliden protein tricks the cell wall to open up the gaps between the cells, these junctions mm-hmm. that allows me from the intestines to go right into the bloodstream. Right. So you've got, if you can, this is one of my, my third book's a big part about this, what to feed yourself to a very healthy gut wall to prevent that. Because if you can prevent the damage created by the stuff going into the bloodstream, it goes to all the cells in the body. You can create a lot of, you can decrease a lot of the damage that, that genetics have to deal with to Mm -hmm. it and to stay healthy and live longer. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I think, and I, I think at this point, we're only, we only live half as long as we should. We should live to about 180. Really? Maybe even further. Because the way we damage ourselves by the way we eat and the mm-hmm. way we don't, we don't really uh, exercise enough to work the, the nervous system and the muscular system, the vascular system, all that stuff. We're sedentary. So it's our, our lifespan for human beings has decreased over the past five years, not increased. So mm-hmm. lifespan is decreasing, which means it's got to be some environmental thing or some food thing or some other stuff. And I think, you know, the, the company with the big M company, <laughs> you know, I said, I'll say it. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. That, that company, you, you can, you can say whatever. Well, I, I was interviewed by Joe Mercola two or three times. Okay. Specifically about the effects of glyphosate and right. the polyethyloxalate taloamine, the surfactant that makes the glyphosate stick to the leaf. That's mm-hmm. the endocrine. That's the one that does all the prenatal damage. I mean, it's like if you're feeding your kid this stuff and you're eating a lot of soy and stuff, it's like, boy, you're you're restricting the lifespan of your children, yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And we're taught that this stuff is safe. Why? Mm-hmm. There was a time when soy was maybe only even able to be eaten by animals. It wasn't supposed to be for human beings. Mm-hmm. But these big groups and big companies came in and bought their governors, governors their, you know, their government and ended up getting these things passed in the FDA. And now this stuff is it's, it's toxic. You shouldn't eat it. Soy well, is one I, of the worst estrogenic foods you can believe. 
Sure. But I'm just curious about, I, I agree with that in terms of like, you know, the mass scale produced soy that's mostly GMO and, you know, yeah. it's arguable that it's not even soy. Um, but what about like in Asian countries where, you know, they've been, they've been using soy, I would argue for a very long time. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's the same. They don't experience the same kind of a, you know, ramifications from it uh, that we see here. Now that's not as much true because they've become much more westernized in their culture and diets and mass scale production. But I, I mean, they, it has to do with their fertilizer. Okay. The way they, mm-hmm. I don't think they're exposed to the same amount of environmental toxins or chemical toxins that we mm-hmm. are. And that, you know, they eat a lot of rice, which mm-hmm. is actually very good for people, very good for their, for their biome and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do eat some, a lot of fish, like people from Okinawa that has long lifespans. Well, long, I mean, they, they, they have a longer health span. You know, okay. Joel Furman said, it's not that we're living longer, we're dying longer. And so right. if you can actually make a health span that's, that improves, you're going to have a lifespan that's going to be healthy. And that's fine. Because mm-hmm. the Okinawans, you know, there are some EOIs, these extended, long-lived individuals that mm-hmm. live in their 110s or 120s. They could just have a very, very effective uh, NAD production that keeps their sirtuins working, that keeps all the genetic stuff fixed up all the time. Mm-hmm. So, right. Things I found out through writing the book, the, the Phoenix Protocol, is there are specific things you can do that mm-hmm. can help you immensely. Uh, with this problem. Resveratrol is one, but if you take resveratrol mm-hmm. with water, it's, it's denatured in like 15 minutes. But if you take it with butter or olive oil, it goes in yeah. your system and stimulates the production of NAD+. It doesn't activate your sirtuins. It actually activates mm-hmm. a molecule that turns the sirtuins on. So, so resveratrol is great if done correctly, and in the morning is the best time. It also gets conjugated. So conjugated resveratrol is, is, is neutralized. There's a lot that goes into the bloodstream initially, so the vascular system gets a good jolt of it, but some goes into the GI tract and mm-hmm. conjugated. It's glucuronidation. And the, right. the thing is, there's a gut bacteria, okay, that uh-huh. cuts that, that bond and allows that to be absorbed into the lower bowel. So you've got, a, you've got like a time-release resveratrol if you do it properly. Right. But and that's, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just want to ask about the resveratrol. So, like, what yeah. do you recommend? Like a pill form? Is it? Uh, you had said it is absorbed better with olive oil or butter. So, some sort of uh, yeah, we, that, but, yeah, we we offer it on our on our website okay. and side yeah. of life, and uh, it's and it's it's just take it in the morning with butter or or olive oil, and that's okay. fine. The other thing to do is before you go to bed is to take physitin. Physitin is a Senolytic that is designed to kill senescent cells and five or six different metabolic pathways in the cell to cause that damaged cell to go apeptotic and die off. So you get rid mm-hmm. of your senescent cells, you increase your NAD to, to increase your sirtuins to fix cells before they go senescent. And that's two big factors right there. So you've got dry fasting, these two senolytics, and you really off on a longer lifespan, certainly a longer health span. Right. Now, the other, the other thing to do is a uh, thing called stem cell regen, which is this combination of nutraceuticals that we found um, through research, these medical research and university researches that synergistically work together and do okay. a lot. <laughs> together they do nothing. But yeah. 
individually did nothing, but together they did this really amazing amount of, of behavior uh, in in uh, in protecting yourselves and protecting your stem cells and seventy percent increase in bone marrow uh, stem cell production. Mm. That's a big help. So we take those during the year. Okay, we don't. You know, the the fast is one thing, but you can't fast all year long. You know, so during the year we take these nutraceuticals, mm-hmm. and uh, we have another one on there that that helps your mitochondria in your nerve cells, and it's a, another polyphenol mix that we use again with resveratrol. Because it turns out resveratrol allows you to take micro doses of like curcumin and all that kind of stuff, but g- gives you the effect of having a huge dose without the risk of taking a huge dose. So these mm-hmm. these synergies going on. So we have a. A few things that we've come up with to enhance the fast. You don't need them. You can do a fast. You get all by yourself without any of this stuff. And there's a group of us that are experimenting with the Phoenix Protocol. Yearly yearly dry fasts, nutraceuticals mm-hmm. in between to see how much longer we can live. And certainly the health thing is, is solved. You know, I mean, it's, I'm as healthy as an ox at this point. I can, at 72, I can paddle out in the waves, surf for a couple of hours, come back in and not be tired. I mean, you know, it's, I look around me at guys my age and I go, wow, <laughs> you know, you should write a book. <laughs> right. So when you're doing the fast there, like you had said you didn't feel tired, you didn't feel hungry. Were you able to just like function normally? Do you, do you recommend people like not, Exert themselves too much. What? What is yeah, that? Yeah, let, let, let me walk through the dry fast. First of all, you got to pray. Uh, what I like to do is I like to eat a watermelon over a weekend to flush okay. out the bowel, so you don't get constipated when you're in a dry fast. So mm-hmm. you flush out, get rid of that. Some people can take activated charcoal, which takes some of the toxins out of the bowel as well. That's a good thing to do. If you've never done a liver flush with the olive oil and grapefruit juice thing and get rid of your gallstones, right. that's a good thing to do. If you've never done a kidney flush where you do, you know, lemon juice, you know, every four, five or six times a day, and then you end up dissolving the calcium oxalate crystals with the acid so that your liver, you know, your kidneys can clean itself out. That's a good thing to do. I didn't do any of that. I just went into a seven-day dry fast because I was just saying, I'm at wit's end. I got to solve my nose thing. Um, (laughs) Okay. so, So you start a dry fast. You stop eating. You stop drinking. And uh, over the first first day, it's like you're not thirsty because you're still got plenty of water. You're not mm-hmm. hungry because you still got plenty of glucose and glycogen. Mm-hmm. Second day, towards the end of the second day, you start to get a little tired because you're getting from your glycogen into your fat cell metabolism. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get a little tired towards the end of the second day, but then the third day you're going to pop right back. It's mm-hmm. also the day when you're Muse stem cells are released from your fat cells right into the vascular system. And these, these are pluripotent. They can repair all the vascular wall. It's a great thing. Third okay. day it ends up, you know, you're going to, you're, you're, you don't want to overexercise. You want to walk around. You want to take a little walk and work because walking. So what about the first few days? Well, that's the whole thing. You still have to walk and work around. You have to exercise okay. because you have to, because the lymphatic system doesn't have a pump. You mm-hmm. exercise cleans things out of your lymphatic system. So you want to be able to do a little bit of exercise, no heavy lifting, that kind of stuff. Okay. No operating any machinery. You know? And uh, so around the fourth and fifth day, all your, your parasites are dying off. So you're starting to think clearer. You're still getting tired, though, because you're going through these, sec- these sessions of 
cleansing and cleaning and it's tiring. So what I do, because the people have a hard time sleeping sometimes, you know, and what I do is I uh, sleep in front of, I just get a great big box room fan and lay on my bed and sleep in front of that and just let the white noise wash everything out. It's great. Mm. Okay. Um, a lot of people have a lot of energy. A few people have very little energy. I think it has to do with the fats they've been eating because, again, mm-hmm. saturated fats provide long chain, 16 and 18 carbons that really help make a lot of ATP. These polyunsaturated mm-hmm. ones are broken. It makes it really hard to feed the mitochondria properly. So maybe that's mm-hmm. – I don't have – I have no evidence of this yet. I'm doing the research and looking through the papers to find it. But I think a lot of this has to do with the, the fats you've been eating free you of fats. Mm-hmm. Um, then about the fourth or fifth day, uh, you have, you have fevers. Okay. Sometimes your heart will race a little bit and it's totally normal because mm-hmm. your home is, is, is being all messed up. Your circadian rhythms are all messed up because everything's going on in the brain and the body are being fixed throughout the whole thing. It is a medical therapy after all. I mean, you know, we're applying it in, in a new way. Not because right. most the Russians use this once and then the patient's gone and never comes back. Right. The stem cell thing and the detoxification thing, I'm thinking repeated applications cyclically will actually have a very good benefit over time. So far, so good. So by the fourth or fifth day, sixth day, you start to get tired, get some fevers, then that breaks around mm-hmm. the sixth day, and then you get energy again. It's like, wow, I feel great, you know? Hey. And then you're really getting ready to end the fast, you know, because I got I to say, the worst thing about this is the boredom because you're not eating. You're not really yeah. upset. You get bored. So you do a lot of binge TV and the Star Wars series and the whole bit, you know, <laughs> all that stuff over and over again. That Star Trek stuff, the new ones, the old ones, whatever. And uh, and that's good. So you just yeah. try to keep yourself amused. You do a little reading, you do a little walking. And then mm-hmm. in the seventh day. Okay, you're ready to end. I like to start these things in the evening of the first day. Okay. Okay. With them in the evening, then I can drink the coconut water for the potassium and the baking soda in water for the sodium um, and take some uh, phosphorus and that kind of stuff. And uh, potassium, magnesium, all these kind of essential minerals and, uh, and take it easy on the digestive system. Just sip it right. for an hour. To end the fast, and then get some bone broth. Bone broth mm-hmm. is the best thing to on. Again, goes back to our yeah. ancient yeah. scavenger thing. Yeah. And uh, after about two or three days, you'll feel like eating again. And right. my suggestion is: okay, you've you've used this. You've got rid of your toxins. You've got rid of this garbage. You can build all those toxins back up again if you want. Just keep you in the same stuff, <laughs> or have this opportunity to change right. your diet, change your exercise, and have a whole new you because. You know, you've got a lot of brand new stem cells that have replaced a lot of old broken cells all over the body, especially in the GI tract. So you have to be mm-hmm. very gentle with those things to wake that stuff back up. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, you know, anything longer than a seven day, I suggest you have some medical supervision. I really do. Because mm-hmm. you go to a second acidotic crisis, the Russians describe as, you know, you can wring the, the washcloth out, then you can really wring it out, you know, well... Mm-hmm. Kind of like that second acidosic crisis because you're getting all the low-hanging fruit first in the first right. one. Then you get the stuff way up in the tree. That's, right. that's The reason they do 11-day dry fast is because you have these two of these acidosic crises. 
that it's just basically deep ketosis. It's not really a crisis. Mm -hmm. But that's the time when the cysts are dissolved, the cancers are eliminated because you end up getting rid of the, the stuff that's causing the cancers. Right. And that's really everything you may think the Max Planck Institute determined that all cancers caused from irritants. It's all from irritants of some sort. Mm -hmm. We've got 70,000 irritants the chemical industry has given to us. There seems to be a lot of evidence uh, for a connection between parasites and cancer as well. Mm, and sure. parasites feed off of toxins. So yeah. irritants are usually some creating some sort of toxic burden. So oh, yeah. They, they, their metabolic wastes are also very yeah. toxic. Yeah, so it's absolutely. So, you know, my, my feeling is dry fasting is one of those great tools in the toolbox. It's not okay. the do all and be all. You've got to exercise. You've got to eat right. And then you got to make sure that you feed your gut biome because that's mm -hmm. these are the guys down here that keep you alive. Without your biome, you don't get all these essential hormones. You don't get the, the dopamine and all that kind of stuff being made. This whole connection to the biome and the brain and all these functions and so forth. You got to have a healthy gut. And the way to do that is not to eat the foods that damage it. I mean, it's as simple as that. Right. Right. Which it seems like everything these days. Um, I've tried a, I'm not necessarily intentionally, but I've done like a 24 hour, uh, dry, dry fast. And yeah. I felt like I had very little energy. Like that was the, the no water part was really hard for me. Yeah. You get over that in the first day, you still are able to get around yeah. and you're, you're mobile, you get around and do stuff, but there is a, yeah. a drag because you're using up all your glycogen. And if you don't have a right. lot of glycogen, you know, a lot of people yeah. don't do a lot of sugars. And uh, mm -hmm. I can right now the best sugar to eat is probably fructose because mm -hmm. it's got sucrose and fructose. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the fructose actually is anti-estrogenic. So not only that, glucose feeds the mitochondria to produce the most energy. This is preferred okay. food of mitochondria. So when you're eating foods, like I'll eat meat and I'll, eat just, but I'll also take a couple of slugs of orange juice. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So you're you you were saying you think that part of the reason why women were reacting differently has to do with the uh, the types of fats that they're eating and the estrogen correlation. So do I you think, think I think there may be something to that that people haven't really thought of. You know, Ray Pete brings up an idea called physiological compensation, mm -hmm. where you're if something's not going right, your body will, will do something else to try to right the ship. Right. But, Kind of like the, the space shuttle Columbia. Yeah, when, mm -hmm. the, when the wheel blew off and mm -hmm. they were trying to get the thing normal again and the wing fell off, you mm -hmm. know, it's, like, it's, it's better not to get your body to that point and to start cleaning yourself up. You know, I, every day, get some salt in. You got to have delivery mm -hmm. of blood. You got to have a good blood flow. You got to have a good plasma. And be, <laughs> salt water is our blood. I mean, we came out of the ocean and we still keep the ocean inside of us, you know. Right. Yeah. 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 Theoretically, I guess. Yeah. Um, either way, we know that we're, yeah. But e either way, we know that we are mostly made up of water. Right. Yes. That's true. Yeah. Every cell is uh, largely comprised of water. So, yeah, that would make sense. And, you know, and the other thing is the better your mind thinks, the better mm -hmm. your, your connection with, because our mind is not in our brain, our mind is in an electromagnetic field around our head. It right. doesn't exist in the brain. It's an I, electromagnetic I agree with that. Magnetic production of the of the tissue up here. Mm -hmm. And I know this is because kind of a friend of mine named Dean Bondling. 
the magnetic of sleep. He does the mat, the magnetic mattresses. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a because he invented this magnet. It was this huge magnet that the field would flow through these two poles. Okay. Okay. And he had a patient that had a brain worm from eating jerk, some beef jerk or pork jerk in Jamaica. And she went into a coma and they found out she had these huge holes in her head from the, the brain. The worms were eating holes in her brain tissue. Oh, my and, God. And you know, she was about to die. And, her, and, the, and the parents said, look, Dean, can you put her on the machine, see if it has any effect? It grew the brain tissue back. What? Not, not only that, all of her memories were back. What was is, the machine? It's this huge magnetic. It's like an arc. It's a huge arc. He in, invented this thing where it's on, on a table. You can put people underneath it and do a thousand gals through this field. And her brain grew back, but her memories came back. So if her memories come back, the memories were part of the brain tissue. That just is the thing that hooks up to the electromagnetic self that you are right. outside of the self. It's creepy, huh? That's, that's my song, <laughs> Oh, yeah. When Dean told me this, he goes, and I'm, 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 he goes, look, I've got lots of evidence. I've got witnesses. I've got this stuff. There are three or four clinics around the, the country that actually use his machines for stuff like that. But, and I know magnets work. You know, I was, uh, because of my work with Dean, the, mm-hmm. it was really interesting is uh, my, my Pam actually had a, a, a frozen shoulder. And it was really, really sore. So I made her a, a Niobium magnet U-shape that would go over her shoulder, cut mm-hmm. the pain. You cut the pain out, you cut the cortisol out. You cut the cortisol out, you cut the inflammation out. Right. So magnets really work. You know, I, I'm a big proponent of that. And uh, a guy that uh, I've been dealing with called, uh, uh, what is his name? He's out in Florida now. But he's he's basically understands what magnetism is and everything is magnetic. Every subatomic mm-hmm. particle is magnetic. We are magnets. That's why magnets are transparent as well as gravity, transparent to each other. They don't restrict each other because it's the same level of energy mm-hmm. thing going on. So right. if we have these magnetic beings sleeping, I sleep on a magnetic mattress and uh, it lowers cortisol and it's really a great thing and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, this guy was able to grow brain tissue back and her memories came back. So, that's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really incredible. And you said there are a couple of places in the, in the country that have these magnetic... If you get a hold of magnetic, Magnetico Sleep or Magnetic Magnetico Sleep, Magnetic Sleep, they're out in uh, Las Vegas, I think. Uh, you can probably call their office and probably okay, find out right. if clinics still exist. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah, Magneto yeah. Sleep. Uh, okay, so on there they'll have a couple of places you'd look for where they're, and yeah. then does it need to be administered by somebody or? Well, yeah, I mean these 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 machines. Okay, you can you can buy the mattresses and just put them on your bed and sleep on. Them. That's that's right. I love that. And okay. uh, yeah, this was like you know four, three, four, five years ago. So I'm not sure these clinics still exist, but you might call them and ask if they still do. Sure. Okay. Yeah. How interesting. And then the mattress, what, what does that do? I mean, it's a magnet. So is it pulling you closer to. No, the- what it does, it puts a field flow through your entire body at night. And there's this, this field that comes up, wraps around underneath the bed and comes back up through and wraps around the bed because magnets are a closed loop circuit. 
Okay. Photons aren't. Photons just are right. a magnetic field un, unfielded. But right. when photons collide, they create electrons and positrons. Electrons and positrons create subatomic mm -hmm. particles that make the atoms. So at the mm -hmm. very elemental core of our of our existence, we're magnetic. That's mm -hmm. what magnets are fascinating. But yeah, magnets are really cool. And when you sleep on these beds, you're in this huge flow field. Just like the, the clip I made for Pam's arm. It's the, the, the flow through interrupts the nervous input for pain, for one thing, and uh -huh. stops cortisol, which stops the inflammation. But inflammation. if you're sleeping on a magnetic mattress all night long, you got low cortisol, low inflammation, and it's pretty cool, man. That sounds really cool. When you say electrons and positrons, you, you mean protons or are they or positrons yeah, different? Yeah. Yeah, I, this back to my physics okay. again. I, I was just um, wondering if it was something I was not familiar with. Well, when, when two photons meet in space, mm -hmm. they wrap around each other and make an electron. Right. Where a positron is doing other. Positrons and electrons, because they spin in different directions and spins, can nest with each other, interlace. They don't right. come up their field affected to each other at a null point. But those okay. subatomic particles can then assemble into this into larger and larger things to make protons. Proton is, is measured in electromass weight. Right. 1842 electromasses for a neutron. Okay. Right. And if you lose right. some electromasses, you end up with protons. Mm -hmm. So it's the electrons and positrons that determine a proton or neutron. And when right. you have radioactive decay, beta decay is electron decay. Alpha decay is a helium nucleus decay. Mm. And photons are just photons coming out. So right. this, this stuff, you know, you know decays, decays the same way it's made. So it's, you know, you know, when you start looking at the universe this way, oh, man, it's just so fascinating because, you know, from a physics point of view, which is where my head is all the time, right. um, makes you, you see things in completely differently. For instance, electrons don't go through wires. Electrons mm -hmm. are excited at a power station to make a field around the wire that's going all the way through the, the transmission and then creating a resistance in, say, a toaster, for instance, or a light bulb. It's not electrons. They don't spray. The electrons only move about a quarter inch over an hour or two. <laughs> They're not going to the next place to light something up. They're just a conducting ability. You know, we've, we, we now know some things about physics and electromagnetics that really make the next, you know, 20 to 50 or 60 years if you don't have a micronova. Pretty interesting if we don't have all these other interests and cadres and cabals controlling everything. You know, it's a, uh, it's, but again, it's for us to be free thinkers and to think this stuff up. Well, I, I'm just curious though, with uh, all of the electromagnetic technology mm -hmm. that they're working on now, how is that, how does that impact? All of this. <laughs> well, you know, let's talk 5G because that's what we're talking mm -hmm. about. Oh, right. Well, now um, they're talking about 6G, 7G. They're talking about the Internet of Nano Bio things. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, that's this transhumanist crap. Yeah. You know, I'm very happy being a human. Um, <laughs> now, the, the idea here is if you're next to a broadcasting, right? The broadcasting thing, yeah, you're in danger because of the, the radiation of, uh, coming out that thing. Because the radiation is more than your cells can deal with. It can break cell bonds and all kinds of stuff. But it's right. it's the 
you know, the, the foot candle thing. As you go further away, that danger goes away. Every day we're bombarded with galactic rays, cosmic rays, electromagnetic energy from other stars and all, all this stuff. So it's not as though we don't, we don't live in electromagnetic soup. We do. It's proximity to the source is the issue. You know, like we, there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, magnetic frequencies, electromagnetic frequencies coming out the sun. At 93 million mm-hmm. miles, it's just warm. If you're at Mercury, you're dead. You know, so again, these, these towers are the problem. Putting the towers at ground level, I don't like that idea because it puts too much in proximity to houses and apartments and stuff like that because right. it's a proximity issue. It's not the not being able to have faster connectivity. God, mm-hmm. not that we really need that, but, mm-hmm. but you know, we're enjoying this broadcast right now because of that right. kind of connectivity. So sure. I don't... We used to fear all that 5G stuff and stuff and so forth. Then I realized, well, wait a minute. You know, from a physics point of view, we're radiated all the time for everywhere. Yeah. You know, I think about that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you just don't want the stuff in proximity. For instance, the danger in a nuclear explosion are the alpha particles in the particles that you may inhale that get stuck mm-hmm. in your lung. It just keeps going all, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of years. That's what causes the damage. It's proximity. It's right. like, you know, when you look at Chernobyl or look at, you know, Hiroshima, okay? Chernobyl's yeah. coming back. Hiroshima's a vibrant city now. You know, mm-hmm. it's like radioactive decay is not that dangerous because usually it's heavy elements. It gets subducted into the soil, subducted into the oceans. It falls deep into the, into the earth and stuff again. It's, it's not as dangerous as we're, as we're promoting. It's very damaging. It can blow up cities and stuff. And right. that causes a lot of problems, but, uh, <laughs> sure. you know, but I don't think it's, it's the way to solve disputes, <laughs> you know, I, I think talking right. is the best thing to do, but uh, let's not even get into that part of it. It's, yeah, it's right. going on right now for that. But as far as health goes, this is a great yeah. tool. This is a fantastic mm-hmm. tool. And the books tell you how to do it. They explain stuff in a way that mm-hmm. people can really grasp it. I don't get super, super technical. In this right. third, I'm going to have a section at the back for the other doctors out there that can read through this stuff and see what it is I'm, I'm seeing right. biochemically. And, right. uh, and to support the stuff I'm saying in the first part of the book, because most people can't grasp this level of detail. But I can sure. make it easy enough to grasp why you want to do it and what is it is right. doing. And mm-hmm. get it up you know, because they, at the same time, I don't want to insult my readers. I think they're a lot smarter than people think they are. I sure. really do. You know, and, and I think people at this time in, in history, although they might not pursue a lot of knowledge, they still have a lot. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm, you know, I, I, just because someone can't tell you how many states are in the union, which Mark Dice will do his videos on that every now and then. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't mean they don't know anything. You know, it doesn't. No, it, it, may, you know, it may it may mean they don't know their rights and, and the freedoms they should exercise, but it doesn't mean they don't know anything. Of course, you know? and it doesn't mean they're not capable of learning. I mean, there's right. a big difference between aptitude and knowledge. Yeah, right, right. I mean, it's, it's this thing once again. It's a bell curve right. distribution. Most yes. people can learn just about anything, and in this time with so much access to knowledge, yeah. it's foolish to grab it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, I wrote these books for a couple of reasons. I mean, I could just do videos and teach people how to do it. So, so I want a physical book 
that if a large Carrington event happens, another big solar mm-hmm. flare like 1959 happens, and we lose all of our telecommunication satellites, and we lose all right. our connectivity, you still got a book to refer to and teach other people right. how to stay healthy. Yeah. Really important. And reading books is important too because that eye hand knowledge thing, yeah. you can't get that from watching a video. You got to read yeah. some stuff. I mean, this is a wonderful platform. I love videos because they can introduce a lot of people to a lot of good concepts that they can go further in in investigating. Yes. And I'm sure you and I both encourage them to do that. Of course. I can see you've got some great products going on. You've got some knowledge going on that that Mm -hmm. is, you know, dovetails with what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, I'm really glad we got to talk, Courtney. Yeah, likewise. I have a couple of more questions. One is, uh, have you seen any... Uh, adverse reactions, like neg- is there anybody who shouldn't try this? Um, yeah, yeah. I'm always, if you, yeah. Okay. yeah, if you don't have enough fat on your body, it's okay. going to be really hard because if you run out of fat, you're going to start chewing up muscle mass, skeletal muscle mm-hmm. mass. Your body's going to keep you alive some way, as long right. as it keeps. So right. my feeling is, if you if you if you're like 10, 20, 15, 20 pounds overweight, you're there, ready to start. Right. You get rid of it, and you can build back muscle tissue and, and other mm-hmm. stuff using neogenic techniques that I talk in the second book, and you're off on a whole longer lifespan. But if you haven't got, the, if you're too skinny, and I had a couple of videos on this, if you're too skinny, mm-hmm. you really need some some fat because you're going to stay alive on your fat. I mean, right. that's that's <laughs> just the way it works. Yeah. I mean, at night you're doing the same thing. At night you're right. living. You're stored to fat because you're not eating any sugars, you know. Right. You know, it's a, uh, and also the thing is when you go into a dry fast and you stop your eating metabolism, which takes a lot of chemical energy. Sure. Okay, then all that chemical energy that would be done for, for digesting food and distributing food and filling fat cells, all that's devoted to healing stuff. This is a healing protocol mm-hmm. that gives you the ability. To, you know, it's pretty bright. Hold on a second. Let me cut this. <laughs> that helps a little bit. There we go. It's it's a healing protocol that allows you to basically deal with things that you haven't been able to fix for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's say you can't afford going to doctors and you can't afford all this sort of stuff because right. it's expensive now. And very, uh, yeah. And so my my, it's like you know. My best opinion of how to avoid speeding tickets is to drive mm-hmm. the speed. just drive the speed limit. Easy. Never get okay. speeding. Ever. Um, if you want to stay healthy, you got to get rid of the things, the irritants that make you ill. Right. Don Tolman once said in a presentation is brilliant. There's only two things that'll get you toxicity and deficiency. So if you mm-hmm. don't have nutrition and you got a lot of toxins, you're in a hard way. But this is why I think this is such a good good technique for everybody. If you right. can just fix yourself, if you can get some mm-hmm. fat off, go into a dry fast, see what's fixed, and think, wow, okay, that worked. Mm-hmm. And then I'll try this again. The other thing is people tend to overdo it. You know, mm-hmm. I think I should probably spend a second on that. Dry fasting is a very hard thing on the body. Right. Um, it's usually used in, uh, like, you know, in medical comas. They put you asleep on purpose. So you'll heal, right? right. Um, but you're awake while you're in this medical therapy. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, and although it's really ridiculous to say five to seven days, anybody can do it, really. As long as you got the weight and the fat to, to go through it. But if you are able to, to just have a problem and then go fix it and not deal with the doctors and the fees and the records. Mm-hmm. See, now I have a real problem with the medical records in the hands of the federal government these days and the AI guys and, no. the guys and these pharmaceutical guys that have got these, these abilities to use supercomputers to figure out, gee, what can we design next? So we'll have to invent something to cure it with. <laughs> you know? Right. I, I hear you. Yeah. You know, it, it, it bothers me. It worries me. You know, I'm not at the age to be a revolutionary. I'm not at the age to go out and, and get the placard up there, you know, and run around the streets crazy. You know, I'm, I'm more of a, the idea that you can teach other people to how to avoid it, how to, how to just not play the game. Just, right. just say no, as Nancy Reagan just Say no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you can, you know, it's, you know, if you just fix yourself, you don't need to go to doctors. And then when you're not, when you're, when you're well, you're productive. You can think. Mm-hmm. You're not in pain, you know. And that's really my, my, uh, my mission here is to give people the ability to get themselves back to health, you know. Mm-hmm. Give me a high five. That's fine. But Mm -hmm. it's everything your body knows how to do if you weren't taught not to do it. Right. I mean, I think that's really what it is. There's a lot of things like hydrogen peroxide and all that sort of stuff that used to be used for all sorts of stuff. Yeah. um, That has been outlawed by the AMA and all this stuff. And it's like, wait a minute, guys. You know, it's like it took thousands of years to come up with a lot of cures for stuff. And when someone goes in and buys the industry and makes all that stuff well, that's just hogwash, you know. Right. Why am I pharmaceutical patented chemical? <laughs> you know, I mean, I yep. I see I see a logical argument that it's not really a good idea. That's all, right? You know, but by the same token, in that same breath, mm-hmm. I like doctors. There are a lot of great doctors. A lot of my friends are doctors. They do mm-hmm. great work. I use penicillin. My God, you know, who wouldn't if you have to? They are absolutely fantastic at traumatic, at, at major trauma and 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 catastrophic acute. stuff, acute stuff. Yeah. They're fantastic at getting you off the street, getting you you know sewn back up, and you're off and running again. A lot of them don't know how to diagnose very well, mm-hmm. but that doesn't make them bad doctors, right? They should read. They should read Ray Pete. <laughs> no, no, Ray's amazing. He really is. I've been fascinated with his stuff for the past. Yeah. Months now, and in fact, it's it's made me rewrite my third book. As an oh, example, wow. how profoundly it's affected my understanding of human physiology. Phys- physiology. Huh. You know, I'll have to look him up. Yeah, and do some research. He's got, he's got some uh, live interviews on the internet too. I, okay. I, I, yeah. Very I mean, cool. I, I stand on the shoulders of giants. You know, I'm just a simple yeah. little guy out here, and uh, yeah, wrote a little book. And uh, just shows you what you've been able to do all along. That's all this yeah. is. Well, I'm also curious. So what, what were you doing with uh, NASA? Uh, I was one of the designers on the space station program. And I was okay. the guy that put together the launch packages in the shuttle because you had to have these 50,000 pound launch packages in, in the shuttle to go up and assemble in 30 flights to make that big space station we had. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it was, was managing that stuff, knowing all that kind of stuff. and. I got awards for that 
that work because it went up and, and got fixed. If you look at this one right here, mm-hmm. there's my buddy Buzz on the moon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. okay. It looks like he's reaching into his pocket for a pack of camels, you know, but it's, he's not. Anyway. <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> it looks like he's reaching into his pocket. That's what it looks like, but what is he actually doing? He's actually in the limb. He's in the limb on the moon. You know? Okay. So, yeah, yeah but the, the, the positioning, right? I am down here with him at my desk. He and I were partnered on the space station blue, room, uh, blue ribbon panel for space station redesign in mm-hmm. 98, I think it was, or okay. 93, I think it was. And it was our ideas that got the first few flights up there. We said, okay, look, you have all these crazy ideas, but you got to find the thing once you get it up there. So we mm-hmm. put the note up first, which is what the modules all attached to, with mm-hmm. a communication you know, power, PD array, and a TDS antenna so you could find it. Mm-hmm. And it was that first four flights that assembled the thing to the point where they could find it, get it built, and that stuff. So and Buzz and I worked on that. It was really cool. Aldrin's mm-hmm. very interesting. I mean, he's got more energy than me. And, uh, and if you see him, have him get my umbrella back. <laughs> all right i'll uh, keep that yeah. in mind <laughs> yeah, yeah no yeah, i had a lot of fun so yeah what i did was i worked at uh, grumman aerospace which is the grumman space station integration division we were the guys that coordinated all the work packs to uh, mm-hmm. to allow uh, everybody's parts to be built and integrate into a final space station uh after that i went into uh, uh went back to university of chicago and took classes in elemental particle physics and had a lot of fun with the Oriental Institute because all that stuff, all that Sumerian stuff was there. And that was cool. Ooh, but I found, some stuff that, I found some stuff that really bothered me. And I got kicked out of some of these classes because I challenged the instructor. But uh, so I went back. So I went back, left Chicago, back to D.C., um, uh, started working at uh, uh, Doing Y2K stuff, made a bunch of money, you know, and uh, and then moved out to California again. Talked to some mm-hmm. friends at Keck Building at Caltech, at the University of mm-hmm. California, Pasadena, and had an idea about um, a new elemental state in the platinum metals, particular gold from the Ormus stuff, all the David Hudson stuff. And I was able to, to get down there and make a gold material that lost 200% of its gravity weight in the machine. Wow. Which means, which means it was levitating the cup. It doesn't, you're not going to do anti-gravity, but it was, it was in a state that would actually change the ability of the machine to measure it. I mean, it was out of phase or something. I got invited to join Bill uh, Johnson's um, uh, bulk, glass, bulk metallic glass research group which I was on a couple of patents with those guys. We invented some of the, the lightest, lightweight materials uh, ever invented. And uh, and after that, uh, I came across a way to do a whole bunch of stuff in seawater extraction, which was a lot of fun. And I still make, I just made a big batch of minerals for myself recently. And I have wow. this multi-mineral complex that has just about everything on the periodic table except the sodium. So it's great for plants. It was great in the cannabis industry for a while there. And, uh, oh yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a really interesting material because without the salt, you don't kill the microorganisms in the ground. 
and you replenish the minerals that have been taken out by the plants all the time. So these stripped out fields can be replenished very quickly with all the minerals to make great food again. So it's, yeah, it's fantastic in the hydroponic industry because you have to, you're making a soup for your plants to grow. Right. And with these right. elements, these, these minerals, you grow better food. So, right. so again, what happened when I was a kid, my dad sat me down and said, look, you know, your head is like a file cabinet. And what you want to do is when you, you get a history folder, a math folder, a science folder, and think about when you're learning it, think about opening up that folder. And over time, mm -hmm. those folders will speak to each other. So mm -hmm. a multidisciplinary background and several disconnected, you know, right. arenas of expertise allows me to, to see things that you mostly wouldn't even notice is connected. And it's well over these times. I, I suggest children do that. It's like, look, you may not like what the course you're in, but put it in a folder someplace because you'll probably use it sometime. And mm -hmm. that's how it's worked with me. I've been in aerospace and agriculture and biochemistry and in medicine and all these things all through this. And mm -hmm. <laughs> you feel like I'll put you know, I'm just getting started, <laughs> you know. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so you just look at them as all being kind of independent and isolated and then connect them. I'm My brain works so the opposite. Like I'm always looking for how things connect. Oh, absolutely. Same thing. Yeah. That's the connection yeah. thing. What's, what, yeah. what, you start seeing things, wait a minute, this is this, but this is this. Oh, wow, that's this because right. of that. It's these wonderful neural connections that mm -hmm. uh, that I'm working very hard not to give up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> my whole thing with dry fasting now is restore the brain, restore the body, keep it going. How long can it last? Because let's say for just the sake of conversation, that mm -hmm. Ben, Doug Boat, and Chan Thomas, they're all right. We're going to have an icon over. It's going to blow up. And I survive it. What kind of knowledge can I bring you to the next civilization? Mm -hmm. If I can live a couple hundred years, maybe three, and I can teach people to live that kind of length as well. Right. Just by habit, behavior, that starts a whole new paradigm. Not this mm -hmm. king, wars, and conquer stuff. No. Right. You know, I'm not talking about some hippie utopia. I'm just talking about normal, rational living with a reasonable, yeah. you know. And, right. uh, but one of the things, if this does happen, we're going to have to be able to deal with the medical problems that occur after it happens. And there'll sure. be a lot of, you know, so. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's fascinating. So, I, okay, sorry. One more thing. You were talking about the like injections and using this to detox. Have you seen any evidence of that being successful? Or, well, here's here's the problem with that. Okay. I've been very very hard pressed to find anybody that's going to want to do that because of the problems with keeping their license. Right. But, of course. But because of what I know about autophagy mm -hmm. and the weakest. Alienist stuffed is always removed first. It only makes right. logical sense. Now, okay. we know that you can, if you've ever done a seven-day dry fast, which I'm sure you haven't, but anybody that does has this phenomenon that happens. At the end of the seventh day in your first bowel movement, there's this orange goo that comes out, orange and black stuff that comes out of you. I mean, it's, yeah. I didn't send you pictures because I don't think your folks need to see it over there. But, yeah, there's, that's probably 30, 40 years of toxic debris. That's coming out. Also, I have a problem. I have a 
uh, suspicion that maybe hemosiderin, which is this locked up iron in the cells these, that, uh, that uh, Morley Robinson talks about, mm-hmm. that we end accumulating iron over our lifetimes to the point where it gets such an oxidation level that actually starts affecting the, the ability of micro, mitochondria to work. The reason mm-hmm. women, the reason women are ten or twenty years longer than we have lifespans as men because they have menstruation for twenty or thirty years. They bleed. They give blood, and mm-hmm. I do give blood now. I'm trying to, you know, also give blood to control that that way. But I think a lot of that came out at the same time. I know a lot of oily, greasy, weird stuff came out, and it's like, and these are a lot of these chemicals, these stuff in the water, the stuff in the food, all these things coming out. And the way you feel afterwards, you feel clean, you feel clear, clear thinking, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're got more energy, all that sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. It makes logical sense that if you put something, a, a, a replication code, that's not supposed to be there. It's a virus replication code. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to be kept. That's going to be gotten rid of. It's going to be broken back down into amino acids on purpose. The, the, one of the biggest reasons that I'm, I, I've been following Dr. Campbell over in Europe and England and all these other guys about all this stuff. And when you start manufacturing the spike proteins from a virus and start loading up the cells with this stuff, it starts interrupting the ability of your base enzyme repair function, which is to repair DNA every day to where that doesn't work and you have these, these turbo cancers. You see, people don't realize that every single day, you've got about a million insults, no, 100, oh, excuse me, 100,000 genetic insults in each cell every day, and it gets repaired every day. If you have NAD-activated sirtuins to operate the systems to fix all those code breaks and violations and get things back to normal. If you've got something in there that's plugging up the system, they can't do that right. I think, mm-hmm. you know, so... So my, my again, my feeling is our body naturally gets rid of viruses. Okay. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the things that I came across was a work by uh, it was a grad student called Hannah Budieva. She got her doctorate. And she put a paper out that basically said if you just activate sirtuins in the cytosol to deacetylate the lysine on the viral codes, they can't replicate because the virus has a series of little tags, those lysine tags. And one tag will make the shell, one tag will make the spikes, one tag will make the, the repl- replenish the RNA on the inside, all this kind of stuff for the virus. If you take those tags off, there's no message. It gets mm-hmm. shuttled over to the lysosome and dissolved. So if you can have enough resveratrol going in to make enough NAD so that you can activate your sirtuins to fix all these problems, that's a big component. Mm-hmm. You see? People people say resveratrol doesn't work, but people take resveratrol with water and it denatures it. It just breaks it back down. Nothing. So these are fat soluble. Same with physitin. So if you. So if you oh, physics. Physitin uh, yeah. or physitin. It's it's another senolytic. It comes from the Japanese knotwood tree. And, mm-hmm. uh, and these things basically stop senescent cells from staying alive, neutralizes their chemokines and, and senescent SASPs, and reduces the impact of these chemicals on healthy cells. The problem with senescent cells is once they get going, they start producing interleukin six and eight in particular, 
that actually cause inflammation in their area, which, which grabs these uh, macrophages to come in and make more inflammation, and it encourages more senescent cells, the bad apple that makes the barrel bad. So mm-hmm. if you can take the resveratrol and, and stop that process and make sure the NAD is being produced to activate your sirtuins, then mm-hmm. a lot of the things that happen with viral infections wouldn't even happen. They can't happen. They, they, they happen because when a virus hits a cell, it, it activates a calcium channel, which raises the calcium level inside the cell. The calcium level inside the cell then interrupts the link between the mitochondrial walkers and the microtubules, so they're just floating around. They can't go anywhere and make the energy where they're needed. And it starts, the, it, it starts acetyltransferase, which puts, starts putting lysine on these viruses to make them replicate. Mm-hmm. So if you've got CERT1 and CERT3 in the, uh, in the cytosol that are activated, they take the lysine off, which mm-hmm. means they can't replicate. It never gets to the point where it can make more of them and you know, end the infection. And just so you know, it takes about three days by an infection to replication to release. Mm-hmm. So if you're really, really clean, if you get a virus like even a regular flu virus and you wash your bedding, wash your pillowcases, wash your clothes, all that kind of stuff every morning when you get up and don't sleep on the same dirty cloth the next day, wash your towels, then it's eight days for your spleen to make the antibodies to kill that virus. So if you're mm-hmm. clean to that, you get a little bit of a bump, but then basically you're not getting reinfected by the same thing all the time because you're sleeping on the virus being reinfecting you. So you have these overlapping infections going on that makes it two or three weeks to clean up. If you knock How do they measure this? Huh? How do they measure this? I mean, it can't even be seen like on a microscopic level. So how are they? Well, they know how long (laughs) it takes for a virus to infect and replicate. Mm -hmm. So if you stop the and shedding because it replicates and sheds on your pillowcases. Mm -hmm. So if if you keep really, really clean, cleanliness is next to godliness, they say. Mm -hmm. If you stay really clean, you're in the the, the bad sides of the infection be very minimal in eight days. Your immune system will knock the thing down and take care of it. And it's all over with. So if you do get a flu, don't start taking tons and tons of medicines and stuff because it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Keep really clean. Let your spleen do the work because the spleen reads it blood all the time and it reads it for these problems. And again, you could also just take resveratrol to activate certain one and three to make sure that anything that gets in can't replicate. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this is part of that multifaceted education I've forced myself to have mm-hmm. where I just start picking up all kinds of stuff now because I'm tuned into it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we live on a very dangerous planet, but we have to be exposed to the bacteria. We have to. We have mm-hmm. to be exposed to bacteria and viruses to have the antibodies and the things that, that keep us well and keep our microbiome well. And it's all part of our immune system, our innate and active, and active immune system. If we don't stimulate that properly, we get sick. It's like the hand sanitizers, the cyclosan, and this it's full of toxic chemicals. People are washing their hands all the time. You know? Yeah, like, they've shown people with the, like inebriation levels of uh, intoxication oh, from yeah. using like, too much hand sanitizer. So. And it yeah. doesn't help you. It doesn't help you. You know? No. Don't, what helps you is, is not doing this 
not doing this, picking your ears, because they found out, you know where you catch a flu? From your ear. Mm. The epithelial layer of the eardrum doesn't have blood flow to be able to attack anything. So the stuff just enters there and enters the system through your ear. This was found back in the 20s. Mm-hmm. And if you put hydrogen peroxide, when you catch a flu, I did this. I didn't believe this until it happened. When I was up in Canada mm-hmm. building a factory for some of the my mineral technology. Mm-hmm. Is if you put take a cap full of hydrogen peroxide, pour it in your ear and let it bubble and pop and bubble and pop. And then let it drain out and do the other ear. Mm-hmm. Flu's gone overnight. And Interesting. It worked. it worked. I did this up in Canada, and honestly, God, I was congested and stuff was blowing out of me. I, I remembered this, went to a store, got that in truck, that did that next morning like I never had it. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. That's sure. a huge deal that people don't know about. And I talked to Joe Mercola about this, and he goes, Yeah, we do not know how it works, but it works. Mm-hmm. It could be, it could be because. Hydrogen peroxide stimulate the emission of biophotons. Maybe the biophotons are having an effect in the ear, in the bloodstream, or something to, to activate something. But that's where you get your flu infections, through the ear. Hmm. It's always going out of the ear, and you're picking your ear, you're picking your nose, you're rubbing your face, you're rubbing your mouth. You're going to knock yourself, you know? But hydrogen peroxide, just that's a, one of the coolest things I've learned in a long time. Yeah, really. Yeah. The hydrogen peroxide has a lot of great. Uh, there's like a whole hydrogen peroxide uh, internal like uh, protocol. Oh, sure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, no, we make hydrogen peroxide in the cell. Hydrogen mm-hmm. peroxide is made in the cell when you're when you neutralize free radicals. Hydrogen mm-hmm. peroxide, which breaks down into water and oxygen. Right. So it's, right. it's not a foreign material for us. It's actually right. Cool. Right, but yeah, but I, I think a lot of people don't think that you can drink it. And you can. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You don't want to do 70%, but you know. Right. 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 I'm not recommending that. No, for sure. And that might be a, yeah. yeah. Well, fascinating. All right. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you have anything else you want to add to leave us with and tell everybody where they can find you and get your books and all of that. Yeah. Well, you can find me on YouTube, Phoenix Protocol channel on YouTube. You can see me there. Um, Go to the website, you can order the books, you can order the books on Amazon, you can order the pills on Amazon. Um, it's a, uh, it's just a really neat set of tools for your health toolbox. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not trying to change the world. I'm just trying mm-hmm. to give people something they can change themselves with for the better. Yeah. So I love, I, I'm, I'm sorry, go on, yeah. Because I love people. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, some of the best people I've met, I love, you know. By that, my dad said, look, I'm going to give you this oath, but you got to give a crap about people. <laughs> so that's okay. I can do that. He was a lot of fun. You know? My dad was cool. He said, you know, the reason why you have testosterone is not to lift heavy weights. It's to protect the women. They're the most important ones. They're the ones that make the race. And if you look at the chromosomes and under electron micros- microscopy of an X and Y chromosome, the, mm-hmm. the Y chromosome is not an X missing one leg. The Y chromosome is like the fingertip. It's a little teeny nub, which means mm-hmm. you guys have tons and tons of code we guys don't have. You guys see things mm-hmm. before it happens. You have a higher tolerance of pain. You have all kinds of intuition that men just don't have. You know, we're, there to, we're there to protect you. And I think in that respect, my dad was right. Ah. Yeah, he sounds great. Uh, I was just going to ask you because I know you said that you think that humans should possibly live 180 years. 
Sure. And yeah, which it, I mean, I think the average lifespan is somewhere around 80, maybe 85 right now. Yeah. Uh, so, that's, yeah, that's almost double. <laughs> well, it's a when you think about it, it's the somatic cell paradox. You're born with a certain amount of somatic cells with stem cells that are asleep. Mm-hmm. Unless you have a catastrophic injury, an injury, a broken bone, even a paper cut, your stem cells just lay in wait. That's what they do. Meanwhile, your somatic cells have about 30 divisions. That's the Hayflick number. That they can reproduce themselves. And with our toxic environment, they never get to 30. As you run out of those cells, and they divide to make those cells and the insults from the previous generation get remembered in the next cell and all this stuff, it's the point where you run out of healthy cells. They start going senescent. The senescence then starts all the chronic and age-related diseases and stuff. So my theory, especially in the third book, is that, okay, here's the problem. If you want to fix a senescent paradox, you got to add new players to the field. As you're running out of troops, you better get some new players in there. So that's fine. The other thing, how do you reduce the death rate? Well, that's the microbiome. That's your gut wall. You keep the the blood from being contaminated with the stuff in the gut so that it has less of a chance to damage your thyroid, your brain, and other stuff in the body. So, And then if you drive fast, you're adding new troops to the fight. We've never done this before. No one's ever thought about doing this particular application of these particular technologies. So really what we have is the ability to add more, add more uh, cells to the, uh, to the system. And if you have more cells to the system, then you have more troops to fight it. And with more cells that are pluripotent, got to remember, these stem cells have a much longer uh, telomere end, so they don't die off near as fast. That's why I think we have a possibility with this protocol to have a much greater health span and a much better lifespan. And there's the, and there's the thing I'll leave you guys with. If you can do that and we get to the point where we're falling down and basically can't even remember ourselves, but we have this huge amount of knowledge, what if that doesn't happen and we keep accumulating knowledge? I think we might die in the bud. We've been dying in the bud since we first became humans. And this may be the generation. Maybe the protocol is the way to get to it. It might not be all of it, but it's a good chunk of it. Die in the bud? What do we mean by that? In other words, get a rose that never blooms. What happens when we actually live to the point where we have powers that may not ever blossom? Are we telekinetic? Are we telepathic? Do we get these things? Do we never get these things? Are we going to live long enough to have those things grow and develop in us? Is it a level of knowledge that we haven't attained yet? Because we've Basically, by the time you start getting that amount of knowledge, you end up just degrading. Right. You know? Do you think that humans ever, there there are people who do think this, that people, that humans lived longer at at some point in time. I know you said in the past five years, the lifespan has gone down, but that's a small number. I mean, it's a few years. Do you think humans ever lived uh, much longer than what we are told? Well, if you believe some of the religious texts mm-hmm. that right. there were a few like Noah that lived to a thousand mm-hmm. years. There were a right. few that were, that were granted this genetics or something. Mm-hmm. Whether, whether you can believe it or not, I, you know, I wasn't there, but there is some evidence. <laughs> I wasn't either. <laughs> there is some evidence. There was some knowledge from Atlantis, for instance, that right. was passed off for a while that yeah. died off. You know, I, I don't know. I have a lot of suspicions, but I have no proof. <laughs> I understand. I understand. I was just curious your thoughts because it's obviously something you're really interested in. So yeah. 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 Well, there's That'd the other problem. Amazing. 
Now, do we have? Do we want seven billion people living to two hundred? <laughs> it's just a thought. There is a problem with how many, you know. Or I mean, or maybe we do. I mean, what could humans accomplish if they had that much time instead to accumulate information, develop, uh, you know, beneficial technologies? I think one of the things that really struck me just as you were talking uh, about several things, but we a lot of things you touched on are things that uh, have, you know, I'm going to argue we we have evidence that they've used them for uh, negative purposes or detrimental purposes. Uh, sure. But a lot of times people don't look at the flip side. And I, I always say technology, you know, anything that's powerful, uh, theoretically should be used for, be able to be used for benefit or for harm, you know, or you could say for good, for evil, you know, whatever paradigm you want to use. Uh, but we often don't think about the healing powers, the, you know, the, the, the positive implementations of the same things that could have been very harmful. And I was yeah. thinking about that with some of the things you were talking about. It's very interesting. We'll have to talk again sometime. Definitely. I look forward to it. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I look forward to the next one. And uh, we'll post up all your links so people can get your book. And uh, thank you all for watching and listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.